Hello everyone, it's Anna. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You are listening to the Baby Sleep Project Show, the place to learn about baby sleep and sleep coaching. Today's question is from Heather. The question goes like this. Hi, my son will be eight months in two days. What should his wake windows be and how long should each of his naps be? The last few days, when he would normally be going down for a nap easy, he has been fighting it. Thanks. First of all, uh, Heather, you didn't write how many naps your son has. Children at this age usually have two naps. Mark Weisbluth references a study in his book. The book is Healthy Sleep Habits, Happy Child. And the reference is on page 446, if you want to look it up. But I looked up the original study, which is a research paper, and the title is Naps in Children 6 Months to 7 Years. And it was published in the journal Sleep in 1995. So in this study, they looked at 172 children and they were followed from 6 months to 7 years of age. And what they have found is that the number of naps at 6 months was two naps for 84% of the children. So at six months already, the majority of children naps twice. 16% of children still had three naps and none of the children had one nap. So what would be considered normal, according to this, is two naps at six months of age. For nine months of age, almost all of the children who had three naps transitioned to having two naps. So at nine months of age, 91%, so basically almost all of the children had two naps. 5% had three naps and 4% had one nap. So this means that if your son still naps three times, then the most probable reason for his fussiness during nap time is that he's nearing a nap transition. And it means that two naps would be more appropriate for him. But if he already naps two times, then the reason can simply be that his wake window has increased and he's not sleepy enough at his regular nap time. So you have to adjust your schedule. So to answer your question, first, let's define what is a wake window. The wake window has other names like Pantley calls it the happily awake span. Others call it awake time. Uh, but I would call it a wake window because I think that's the most common expression for this. So basically the wake window is the amount of time a child can comfortably stay awake. Comfortably is a very important word here because of course if you don't let a child sleep he can stay awake for quite a lot of time but a wake window doesn't refer to this. A wake window refers to the amount of time that a child would in an ideal environment would stay awake. So if a child naps two times per day, it means that he will have three wake windows during the day, right? One from morning wake up to the morning nap. The second is from the end of the morning nap until the afternoon nap. And the third is from the end of the afternoon nap until bedtime. Importantly, the the three wake windows do not have to be exactly the same. So some children are more sleepy in the morning, other children are more sleepy in the afternoon, 
So it's absolutely okay to adjust the wake windows so that one of the wake windows is shorter than the others. But what I will try to answer here is what is the average length of the wake window that an eight months old should have. So what I did, uh, I looked up seven of the best-selling books on Amazon about baby sleep. And I tried to look up uh, the wake windows for your son's age in them. So I will tell you one by one what these books from sleep experts say about wake windows. First of all, among the seven books, three of them didn't have information about this question. These were Tracy Hawk, Top Tips from the Baby Whisperer, because this is only for newborns, newborns really, so it didn't really include uh, children, eight months old children. The second is Harvey Karp, The Happiest Baby on the Block. It didn't have any information on this, uh, basically for the same reason. It is also for newborns. Uh, especially it is about the fourth trimester and techniques for soothing babies. The third book I looked up was from Kim West, Good Night Sleep Tight. It didn't really have data on sleep needs or average sleeping hours during the day or during the night or wake windows. It had uh, sample schedules, but the sample schedules for each age do not say how long the naps and the wake windows are. The, the sample schedules only state at what time the baby wakes up or goes to bed. So that these three books were not uh, useful to answer your question. Uh, there were another three books that were kind of useful, but not very, not very much. Uh, these were the Baby Sleep book from William Sears and Martha Sears. Uh, the No Cry Sleep Solution from Elizabeth Pantley and Solve Your Child's Sleep Problems from Richard Ferber. Okay, so what do these books say? First of all, I'm sorry to say that there was no information in any of the books uh, for eight months old children because uh, most studies look at children in three months intervals. So you will find uh, recommendations and data for newborns, three months old, six months old, nine months old, 12 months old, etc. So most of the data comes from nine months old children that is closest to your son's age. So that's what I will tell you here. So let's look at the baby sleep book from William Sears and Martha Sears. They say that from six to nine months, the total nap time hours should be around three hours. The total hours of sleep should be 14 to 14 and a half hours. And from this, we can calculate uh, the wake windows. So if daytime sleep is three hours and total sleep is 14 hours, that means a child should sleep 11 hours at night and total awake time during the day is 10 hours. This means that if you distribute the three hour daytime sleep to two naps, two one and a half an hour naps, it means that the wake window is three hours and 20 minutes. If you calculate the wake window with the other extreme, so 11 and a half night hours of nighttime sleep instead of 11 hours, then the wake window is shorter than it's three hours and 10 minutes. What I didn't like about this information is that the recommended total sleep 
is 14 to 14 and a half hours, which is a very small range. So I, I assume that there are a lot of babies who fall outside of this very narrow range of sleep. And even more so for the day, daytime sleep hours, which is three hours. So I guess none of the kids sleep for exactly three hours. So it would be more helpful to see a kind of range here too. The second book was a little bit more helpful in this. This is Elizabeth Pantley's Do No Cry Sleep Solution. So she says that at nine months, most kids have two naps. The naps last together two and a half to four hours. So the range is one and a half hour, which is friendly range because less parents will feel that their kids either sleep too much or too little. Nighttime sleep is 11 to 12 hours and total sleep is 14 hours. And she calls it endurable awake hours between sleep periods, which is a wake window in her vocabulary. It should be two to four hours. Okay, so if you look at most of the recommendations of daytime sleep, nighttime sleep and total sleep, you will see that the numbers don't add up most often, <laughs> which is quite annoying and can be maddening when you are trying to figure out your schedule. So here in this case, the total sleep is 14 hours and that's it. There's no range. And nighttime sleep is 11 to 12 hours. Daytime sleep is 2.5 to 4 hours. It doesn't add up. So if you add four hours of daytime sleep with the minimum of nighttime sleep, that adds up to 15 hours, which is not 14. <laughs> but if you add 2.5 hours daytime sleep with the 12 hours nighttime sleep, that's 14 and a half. I would assume that if you add up minimum amount of nighttime sleep with the maximum amount of daytime sleep, then you should get the total sleep. And vice versa, the maximum uh, number of hours for nighttime sleep and the minimum number of hours for daytime sleep should add up, but it doesn't. But at least uh, for nighttime sleep, daytime sleep and wake window, we get a range. And, and it's a wider range than in the previous book. So in William and Martha Sears' book, uh, the wake window was 3 hours and 10 to 20 minutes. Here it's from 2 to 4 hours, so it's a wider range. Let's look at the third book. It's uh, Dr. Richard Ferber's Solve Your Child's Sleep Problems. He says that at 9 months, the total hours of sleep was 12.25 hours. A typical range is plus minus one hour from this. And nighttime sleep is 9.5 hours. Daytime sleep is 2.75 hours. So if you compare this with the previous two books, you will see that it's considerably less. So daytime sleep, it was three hours in the first book. 2.5 to 4 hours in the second and 2.75, so 2 hours and 45 minutes in this book, which is about the same. But if you look at the nighttime sleep and the total sleep, it's almost 2 hours less than the recommended amount of sleep in the previous two books. So it says 9.5 hours for nighttime sleep, whereas the previous books said more than 11 hours, 11 to 12 hours. Okay. 
naturally, if you calculate the wake window from this, then it comes out as a much higher number. So it's 3.9 hours, almost four hours, which is the end of the range in Pantley's book. And finally, the fourth book. It's Mark Weisbluth's book uh, titled Healthy Sleep Habits, Happy Child. What I really liked about the data in his book is that it's real data. So in the previous three books, we don't see where the data comes from. We don't know how realistic this is. Is it, is it data based on reality? Is it data from real children? Or is it like the ideal amount of sleep, according to the author? Or is it the recommended amount of sleep based on medical information? We don't know. What I like in Mark Weisbluth's uh, book is that he actually says where the data comes from. And it comes from his own uh, research. The research is the so-called NAP survey of children. These children were born um, between 1984 and 86. And it's from the same research paper that I quoted before. This is unfortunately only about naps. Oh, so I won't be able to tell uh, the nighttime sleep and the total sleep. So it was only about naps. He's a pediatrician. So he simply asked a few questions from the parents of children who came to his office. And what he found was that at nine months old, 93% of children sleep between two and four hours. And I think this is the kind of data that is really useful. So you can say that if your child sleeps less than two hours or more than four hours, then he is in the minority because only 7% of children sleep as extreme as he does. If your child sleeps between two hours and four hours means that he's probably all right. <laughs> okay. He also says that the mean is 3.1 hours, which actually aligns pretty well with the previous book's recommendations. Uh, more interestingly, he also says that the extremes can be as little as one hour for daytime sleep or as much as five and a half hours of daytime sleep. But those are the extremes and it doesn't mean that that is recommended or healthy. It just means that some children do that. It doesn't have information about uh, whether it's good or not. It just states the facts that this is how children sleep or more precisely, this is how parents think that their children sleep. Okay, so I understand this could be very difficult to understand. So I put together a little uh, blog post and that I will link in the description in the show notes and where I summarized all this information in a nice little table. Uh, so it will be easier for you to understand and to uh, compare the different numbers. Okay, so all in all, it seems that for the majority of children, a wake window between two and four hours is appropriate. Uh, but this research is from, from the 1980s. So I looked up one research paper from 2003. The title is Sleep Duration from Infancy to Adolescence, Reference Values and Generational Trends from Iglostein, or Iglostein, I have no idea how to pronounce his name. So basically they looked at 400 and 
58 children and they used a questionnaire method. So asking parents about their children's sleep is not the most reliable kind of data because of course they might not know, they might remember differently and their memories might uh, be distorted. For example, if a parent feels sleep deprived, he might be more prone to say that his child sleeps less. This is why the questionnaire method is not very precise. A little bit better would be maybe a sleep log. So if you ask parents to write down exactly what time their kids went to sleep and what time they woke up, then parents wouldn't have to rely on their memories of this. And then you could uh, follow this for a week or something and then calculate the average from, from a week worth of data. But of course, it is more difficult to conduct because you would have to ask parents to keep a sleep log for a week. And I guess many participants would drop out from a study like that. An even better method would be if you put actigraphs on the kids, which would measure how much the kids move. And from this, they could measure how much the child sleeps. But that would be a much more uh, expensive research because you would have to get a couple of hundreds of actigraphs. But still, uh, this, this method asked 458 children, which is a lot. So this could be good data about the reality. Still, I have to say that the reality is not always what is healthy or what is recommended. And this paper doesn't say anything about that. So let's take a look at another example. If you would measure the weight of children at different ages, would you be able to say that that the average weight is the ideal from a medical point of view? Would you, would you be able to say that the average weight is the healthy weight for children? Or if you look at the number of hours children spend in front of screens, you would find an even larger gap between the recommendations based on psychological and medical ideals and the reality. I didn't actually look up the recommendations for screen time, but I'm pretty sure that the amount of screen time that uh, small children get is much higher than the recommended amount. So from this study, I'm going to show you what we get is the state of current affairs, okay? Not what is recommended. But actually for small children, I don't really think that there are reasons to think that the average child doesn't get enough sleep, right? So if we have no reason to think that children are in general sleep deprived, then we can assume that if we measure the amount of sleep that children get, then we would get the healthy amount of sleep that is recommended for children, okay? So let's look at this 2003 research. What I liked about this research is that they do not only tell you the average amount of sleep, but also they tell you a wide range. So they actually tell you the 2 percentile and 98 percentile. So a 2 percentile means that only 2% of children get less sleep than that. And 98 percentile means that 98% of children get less sleep than that. Okay. Okay, so what do they say about nine-month-old kids? They say that the top total sleep duration is 13.9 hours, 
which means that it lines up pretty well with uh, the previous data that we had from the books because they typically said 14 hours, except for Richard Ferber's book, which said 12 and a quarter, which is much, much less. And he even said that the typical range, the top of the typical range is 13 and a quarter. So this means that he might underestimate the amount of sleep children need. Okay, so the total sleep duration is almost 14 hours. And the 2 percentile is 10.5. So if your child sleeps less than 10.5 hours, that means that he might be an extreme case. The 98 percentile is 17 and a half hours, almost 17 and a half hours. And the mean number of hours for nighttime sleep is a bit more than 11 hours. For daytime sleep, it's 2.5 hours. So almost three hours, which also lines up pretty well with the recommendations from the books. So from this, we can kind of conclude that what we have found in the books, except for Richard Ferber's book, uh, line up pretty well with uh, more recent research. So to sum up, a typical kid at nine months of age, and I'm sorry I cannot say anything for eight months, but you adjust a little bit, it, it's not much different. A total daytime sleep should be around three hours, which means that each nap would be one and a half hour. And typical wake window is between two and four hours with uh, an average of three hours. It's pretty easy to remember at nine months, total daytime sleep is three hours and the wake window is also three hours. But uh, don't be surprised if it's even an hour more or even an hour less because the range is from two to four hours. If you look at Dr. Weisblu's data, from the 80s, or if you look at this more recent research, you will still find that it's about the same amount. To help you to absorb all of this information a little bit easier, I put together a blog post uh, with all this data in it. And I also link a very handy calculator in, in the blog post. So with this calculator, it's called the Baby Schedule Maker you can put in the wake-up time and the bedtime. You can put in how many naps your child has. You can put in uh, the nap duration and the wake window, and it will very handily calculate for you the, day, the schedule. So if you modify the wake windows or the naps, it will adjust the bedtime. If you modify the bedtime, it will adjust the last wake window to be longer or shorter. And it will also calculate for you the amount of daytime sleep total. So look at the link in the show notes with the data and the calculator in it. So that's it for today. I hope you found this episode useful. If you would like your own questions about baby sleep coaching to be answered on my show, you can send them to me at info at mybabysleepproject.com. You can check out my book about sleep coaching at shop.mybabysleepproject.com. See you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.